Hey guys, Rick here. Before we get into this episode, I want to tell you what you're listening to. And this is a replay from Wednesday night's live chat for the Jock Market Power Hour. Jock Market is stock market DFS. It's been a lot of fun for all of us to play. It's a new way to play fantasy golf. So I wanted to showcase that here if you had... Uh, did not have the opportunity to tune in on Wednesday evening. Now, a lot of the conversation is going to be in regards to that final hour of essentially IPO closing, where you kind of lock your bids in. But we do make a really strong effort to talk about uh, strategy in-game, because this is one of the few fantasy formats where you can buy, sell uh, stocks of golfers while the event is actually going on. So it might be good listening, especially for strategy to to jump right in right now. If you missed out on IPO, you can jump in right now. Uh, use the code POWER5050 for a $50 deposit bonus. It is the best offer I've ever seen. It's for this week only. So I wanted to share this with you guys, and I hope you enjoy. Have a great weekend. Welcome in another jock market power hour this time for the waste management Phoenix Open. I'm Rick Game, and that right there, that's Joe Idoni at Tor Picks. Joe, happy, uh, happy Wednesday evening. What's good, Rick? I'm uh, fired up for this. We've got an exciting tournament. As always, we've got a great field Super Bowl weekend. We got a sweet promo code we'll talk about in a second. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into it, buddy. Yeah, this week, obviously, there are bigger golf weeks, right? I mean, Masters, anytime you get a major championship, all that good stuff. But when you, you know, the, the culmination of this event leading right into the Super Bowl is just, just chef's kiss, baby. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like a great appetizer and warm up while everyone uh, it may be a little different this year, but usually everyone's hanging out and having a little buffalo chicken dip or something like that. But uh, it'll be good stuff. It's always a great event. It's always a great finish. Like it's always a great Sunday and, and it's been playoffs multiple years. So uh, looking forward to it. That's right. Um, also, I will warn you. So I had my live chat earlier today, Joe. Lost yeah. a little internet, came back. I was able to get back on. If I if I drop out, just keep going. I'll find a way to get back in, okay? <laughs> I, I've been known to have a few technical difficulties myself over the years. So uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so here's where we're at. For the next hour, we are going to walk you through the final 45 minutes or so of the Waste Management Open IPO phase on jock market it is stock market dfs if you've just stumbled upon this live chat you're like what the heck is even going on here you can buy and sell real athletes as stocks in this case we were talking about golfers for this week and there is a massive a super promo code and deposit bonus for this week power 50 is the code you want. Use that code, deposit, get an extra $50, which Joe would have bought you a lot of shares of, I don't know, say Patrick Reed last week, who ends up converting for yeah. 25 bucks a share, right? 50, 50 bucks goes a long way in the jock market. Dude, honestly, like I've had people reach out to, to me in uh, Twitter messages and in the DMs and say like, look, I've taken that initial 20 bucks that you guys gave me and started with a $40 bankroll and now they're up to a couple hundred and they're enjoying it. They're investing more each week in this in this app and this idea and this new concept that we have going here. So it's been very fun. 50 bucks can definitely go a long way. Use that promo code if you have not tried it out yet. Uh, and I think you have to deposit a hundred dollars. Is that correct? And then they will match 50. 
I actually thought it was less than that. I thought it was originally 20, but uh, I don't I don't know what you have to deposit. Okay. See, what it, see what it'll let you do. Try 20. See what it'll let you do. Try yeah. 50. Try 100. I don't know. Try, try Reach whatever. Out to them. They're good guys. They'll make sure that you are well taken care of uh, <laughs> if you have any issues. Uh, that's absolutely right. So get that going. What I'm going to do is I'll be running, uh, you know, the, the biggest movers, the biggest shakers of last week down on the bottom, on that ticker at the bottom, uh, any questions, comments, concerns, any specific players you want us to talk about, or maybe not talk about over the course of the next hour or so drop them in the chat. We'll get through as many as possible. And remember this IPO is going to close right around 9 p.m. Eastern time. But Joe, uh, actually, here's what I want to do. Adam Adam checks in and he says, teach me the way, Master Rick. No, 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 no. We've got Joe Idoni here. And if you guys were paying attention, Joe was number two on the leaderboard last week. First of all, congrats, Joe. Tell, Tell us all about it. Yeah, thank you. So silver medals are always welcome uh, in this household. Um, It was fun. So I had initially a lot of shares of Xander and it kind of got cut down. If you remember, if you were here last week, right at the very end. But he obviously made that Sunday charge, played amazing at the South course. Um, But the real winners that I had were Lonto and Luke List. Uh, Both ended up top tenning. I got them both for a very fair price down in like the three low four dollar range. And they paid off big for me. So last week was one of those weeks where things just kind of fell my way. Uh, we'll hope to keep it rolling again. I love it. And and we are going to make a an, an effort, uh, especially at the end of the show after IPO closes, to talk a lot more about some in-game strategy. I think mm-hmm. that's probably the one place. You know, there's so much going on. There's so much happening in this 60 minutes that uh, we probably need to spend more time on. So if there are... Any questions, uh, any strategy thoughts about how to handle the in-game stuff, we are going to get to those. It'll probably be after IPO closes, but we're certainly going to get to those. Joe, let's look at last week. Yes. I've got the I've got the data pulled up here, and this is all available at rickrungood.com. Drop down PGA tools, go to free tools, click jock market. You can go through all of this data because I've been uh, mining all of the cash markets, and I'm looking at last week. And of course, it is Patrick Reed who ends up paying out $25 a share as the top player does every single week. He closed at $8.88, Joe. So, uh, Obviously, when you win, you're going to pay off in a big way, but there was plenty of juice to squeeze out of Patrick Reed. Absolutely. Yeah. And he was one of those guys that I just missed out on, was fortunate enough to have a little outright ticket on him. And uh, he had an interesting week for himself. A very good week. (laughs) Interesting, to say the least. Mostly Uh, good. At least he won by five shots because could you imagine if he won that thing by one or got into a playoff? It just would have been, I mean, it would have been good for us content. You know, the content business is good with Patrick Reed, but Mm -hmm. my goodness, that would have been something if he, if he wins that golf tournament by a shot. Yeah. I have uh, (laughs) always been on team Reed, even though I'm blocked. (laughs) so you are not on team read that you are on team but but i am team read but it just sometimes you say things that get misconstrued and one little thing slips here or there on my friend chad's um back his background where he's got an autographed picture uh but long story short uh it was like the resiliency of patrick reed cannot be denied in coming out there on sunday with all of the bullets firing you know right beside of his face and everywhere he dodged everything and was able to have that ridiculous focus and mindset that we know that he can, you know, possesses uh, within his game and was able to pull it out and ended up winning by five, which is crazy to think, you know, with how stacked up the top that leaderboard was going into Sunday morning. 
Yeah. And actually that reminds me while I'm, while I'm looking through this, you know, we, this is probably the first time since we've been doing this show, Joe, that we got so many guys who tied for second last week. I think there was like five of them, right? I mean, it was, it was jam packed at the top, but you've, the, the payouts are important here. And the way that ties are broken in the jock market is based on the pre-tournament ranking, which is why you see Xander, he gets the nod for the full $20 payout, while Tony Finau gets 18, Victor Hovland gets 16, Ryan Palmer gets 15, Henrik Norlander gets 14. I believe those are all the guys who were tied for second last week. So you really do have to pay attention to those pre-tournament rankings. And if you're going to be breaking ties, between some golfers or if you're willing to pay a little bit more for one it should be the guy that has the higher pre-tournament rank 100 if you're kind of in between guys and they are roughly the same price um and you're not sure which one to choose the easiest thing to do is choose the guy with the higher pre-rank because if both of those guys squash and tie at the end of the tournament the one that's going to pay out better is the one who is ranked pre-rank higher and you can see all that data if you click on a golfer within the app it will tell you exactly where he stands um so that's a very important factor to make sure that you understand and allocate uh while making these picks so the other golfers who were uh big time movers and shakers so obviously you know victor hovland he doubles up from eight dollars at ipo to 16 ryan palmer goes from five dollars and 98 cents to 15 dollars. but the big the big ones let me sort this by ROI so I can make sure I get them all. Ted Potter Jr. <laughs> TPJ. Are you down with TPJ? He, he sells for $1.20 at IPO, closes, finishes the event at $6, 400% ROI. Unbelievable stuff from TPJ. Awesome. But one thing like very noteworthy that you can see here, obviously Patrick Reed is going to pay out huge because he won the event. But look at those other names there. Those aren't the guys that you're paying you know, seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a share for. These are the guys that are going relatively low, two bucks a share, three bucks a share. And that's where you're able to get these massive jumps in ROI at the end of the week. If you can get one of these guys to slip into the top 10 or top 15 and you pay two dollars and fifty cents for them, it's a great strategy to have and it lets you it, it, it the, the bottom line is is you can get more shares of a guy at two dollars and fifty cents than you can at ten dollars. So it, you know, some of you guys who maybe not have you know, a massive bankroll and want to invest a ton in this every week. It's a great way to have fun. It's a great way to return a decent ROI. Um, and that's where we're seeing those massive jumps every week. And just to put that into perspective, so in the actual tournament, Ted Potter Jr. finished T18. So that's all he had to do to be the highest returning, the highest ROI player. Sam Ryder, who is second here, he went from 186 to 875. That was thanks to a T10. So absolutely spot on, Joe. And before we get a look at uh, the current pricing, uh, we're just going to look at last week's final pricing. And I don't think anybody really burned you. The studs kind of came through. John Rahm finishes the IPO phase at $11.50. He pays out $13. So you made Mm $1.50 per share there. Rory, you know, uh, you could argue was a disappointment, but he only lost you $1.50 a share. He paid it out $8.50. And then the next four most expensive golfers all turned a profit for you. So until you got down to Harris English or Hideki Matsuyama, if you paid up for these golfers, you did well. It just kind of goes to show you that there's so many different strategies that can work in this platform, um, and you can just choose the one that you're most comfortable with, uh, and it's the most fun for you. And we're seeing all of these strategies, if you pick wisely, 
you can turn a nice solid profit. So it's awesome to see. Uh, let's talk about this week and Scott Stewart chiming in asks about this field and here we go. Waste management. Um, we get the addition of Rory McIlroy into this field for the first time, but it's almost like a split field. You know how in spring training in baseball, Joe, you've got like the split squad games, you know, half your players go and play the blue Jays in Florida and the other half go somewhere else. Right. Uh, it's kind of like that because the Saudi international field is also stacked. So you've got like all the studs playing some, Somewhere, half of them here, half of them in the Middle East. Yeah, um, I would think it would be rightfully very hard to turn down like half a million dollars to go out there and play golf. Well, it's more than that. <laughs> um, but still, like you said, we still have a lot of strength in this field, particularly up at the top. You have the top four notable guys there. Um, and I've even like made some comments this week. I think very well Webb Simpson belongs in that category with those top four guys. So you really have that sort of elite tier one group of five players this week. I think any of them, if they play their best golf, it doesn't matter the course. It doesn't matter the weather. It doesn't matter how fast the greens are playing. They're all capable of winning almost any golf course that they stick a tee in the ground. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. There's also a, not quite as big as a field, um, Stu, to kind of answer your question. So we don't have the 156 players or whatever it was that we saw last week. Just trimmed down. I think there's 131 guys right now. So it's not quite as deep. Um, should allow your percentage of the field that's going to make the cut this week to be a little bit higher. Um, and that's obviously what you're looking for in some of the lower tier guys, particularly on jock market, is if you can get them through that cut line at a low price, anything can happen from there. Before I reveal where we currently stand for this week's jock market and the pricing mm -hmm. uh do you have any guesses any thoughts on who might end up being the highest owned or maybe the two highest owned golfers or excuse me most expensive golfers this week yeah so i think for sure i'm willing to make a wager that john rom is the highest priced guy this week uh, i think he rightfully should be he's playing so well and even though he hasn't coming through with wins and seemingly isn't playing that well on sunday he's still turning in seventh, sixth place finishes that are returning you a profit here. Um, so I think he will be the highest price. Now, number two is going to be a toss-up. I think it's between JT and Xander um, personally. And I kind of think based on that pre-rank and the number one player in the field pre-rank this week, interestingly enough, was Xander Shoffley, who has probably the most comprehensive course history here. Um, I think he's going to edge JT out this week, but I think that's number two spot's going to be really close. I'm glad you mentioned John Rahm. Uh, you know, he finished in a tie for seventh last week, and that is still with him doing something stupid on the 72nd hole where he tries to hit like three wood or five wood out of the fairway bunker, dumps it in the water there. Yeah. And like, dude, you could have just like made par and finished T2. You could have like probably still made birdie from there and finished solo second. But no, this guy does not care if he's five, six, seven shots back. He is just like pedal to the metal at all times, which. I got to tell you, I kind of love, I kind of love that about him. You have to love it and you have to respect it. And was he going to win the golf tournament with an Eagle there on 18? No, um, but he still wants to do it because he has an idea of how aggressive that he wants to play a golf course every time that he plays. And he's not in it and thinking about on the 18th hole, the probably 70, 80, hundred thousand dollars plus that he lost uh, because <laughs> he didn't make birdie there. Uh, but still you have guys that are going to, sort of take the foot off the gas a little bit on Sunday. If they find themselves in the top 10, John Rahm ain't one of those guys. It's pedal to the floor.
It certainly is. Let us know in the chat who you think the most expensive golfer is going to be at the end of this IPO phase, because I'm already seeing a couple of surprises, and I'm ready to unveil this. Little drum drum roll action. So currently, the highest price golfer in the jock market IPO phase right now is, of course, John Rahm. He's at $8.20. Xander Shoffley uh, is the only other golfer who is over $8. So that makes complete sense, exactly what you were referencing, Joe. Then we get Webb Simpson, Daniel Berger, Justin Thomas. Makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. Max Homa, $7.01. He is already twice his fair value. That means, so for, for those joining us, what does $7 really mean? If I, if I pay $7 for, for Max Homa, what does he have to do to make me money? Well, for to return $7, he has to finish 22nd. 21st or better, he would make you money. 23rd or worse, he would lose you money. And we've got about 30 minutes to go here, Joe. Is Max Homa going to be like a top five golfer this week? Look, I love you guys who are here watching the show right now. Do us a favor while you're here and uh, bring your mouse down a little bit to that thumbs up button and give us a like while you're at it. But listen, I know this was one of you guys who did this to Max Homa. Um, What are you thinking, right? Uh, $7 on... Look, I I like Homa coming into this week. His iron play has been fantastic. He's coming to a place where I think he feels comfortable at. He's in good form. But you're basically betting on him to T20 this week. And I think that's a risky proposition. And if you're going to go to $7, do you really got to do that at $8.15? Uh, you know, you got some time there if that's the price that you're willing to pay for him. So I don't know. I'd be shorting Homa this week, like like our guy Austin says. <laughs> uh, I like that. Okay. So bringing, bringing this back up, uh, we get to Will Zalatoris at $6.71, which you're not going to get much of an argument for me. But look at this big gap here, Joe. We basically have uh, over a $2 gap between the next tier of golfers. So we've got Brooks Kepka, Russell yeah. Henley, Sebastian Munoz catching a lot of steam, Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson, and then Oh, I've heard of this name, Rory McIlroy, lurking at $4.01. And I say lurking, Joe, because he's certainly not going to finish there. No, there's no way. He's going to finish in the top five. You may want to do a quick refresh on there as well, Rick, because uh, as I'm looking at the app, some things are kind of shifting around a little bit. Um, But that said, Rory's on the move up. Um, You know, Brooks is down there still outside of the top 10. Sung JM's outside of the top 10. Scotty Scheffler, all guys that I feel like set up um, this week. And when I say set up, well, I mean in terms of like it's the stock market, right? You want to buy low on these guys. So you got Scotty Scheffler who fired what an 81. That's that's what I shoot out there. He fired out <laughs> this week at the miss the cut. Um, Brooks is obviously coming off three, I think, missed cuts in a row, which is yeah. wild to think about for him. Um, so you, you can find some value. Sung Jay obviously just seems, I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't go quite up, but he has been a roller coaster, man. He seems to be playing great and in form. And every time I think that he takes a double bogey seven on a par five and it drives me nuts. Uh, but that said, I think he's the only guy in the field this week to be on his fifth straight tournament consecutively. So every show so far that you've been with us for the power hour, Sung JM has been a part of it. He's been, uh, you know, so hit, hit or miss a little bit, yeah. but I think there's a price that Sung Jay presents a lot of value this week. 
Well, if you just want to take the approach of every other, uh, he, he gains 85% ROI at the Tournament of Champions. He loses 74% the next week. Then he gains you 14. Then he loses you 29. So I guess we are in uh, in route for a gain of some type for for him if you just want to play the, the every other game. Um, going down a little bit further, we have some guys who, you know, the thing about waste management that I find so interesting is you have some really, really elite course history. And we talked about Xander Shoffley. Other names that would fall into that list are certainly John Rahm. We talked about him. Hideki Matsuyama. Bubba Watson's done everything but win here. Gary Woodland is a past champion. How much are we putting on these guys who have had success at this event in the past? You know, I kind of, in the past, I've never really put much into course history. And this year, I've tried to weight it a little bit more. And I think it's it's helped me. Um, I, I want to think in, in DFS and in gambling and in this, it's um, been better for me to weight it a little bit more. I like guys, especially you see guys come back to this place with a familiarity and a success rate that continues year to year. Now, this year is going to be totally different out there at the wasted management Um, 16 is going to be a different story like you're not going to have the wild uh cheers but it is still fun like i saw some stuff from the practice round today and and i saw like brooks little video where he made a birdie and you could hear a little cheer and it got me excited um so it's good to see some fans out there but i know that a lot of the guys described this week that even just driving up to the course it looks totally different there's not bleachers in the place they're used to seeing bleachers and grandstands so a little bit of a different look this year. Some new guys enter the field who don't traditionally play this. So um, I think it's a little bit hit or miss in terms of course history. You got to take your battles there. Yeah, I want to do a better job of, of kind of pointing out um, some of the pricing and, and what this really means here. So so the, the ultimate course horse, Hideki Matsuyama, $7.22 currently with about, uh, let's call it 20 minutes or so to go mm-hmm. until this IPO phase closes. So if he, if he finishes, let's say at $8, he would need to finish... 18th or better to pay that off. So if you think Matsuyama is in line for 18th or better, you'd probably be willing to go up to $8. And I know, Joe, that's kind of how you, before all this madness starts, sit down, try to find what what price you're willing to pay on all of these golfers, because obviously there's a price on every single one that's different, uh, and and then look at how where they need to finish and, and what that what that price you're willing to pay is. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of create my own sort of rankings of the field and I will choose what I think is, you know, they kind of give you their fair value price. Now, you don't you know, my target is a little bit lower than that. Traditionally, Now, not much. They're usually pretty spot on with that. But that's exactly it. You want to look at that fair, uh, that break even point as you scroll over and sort of pick your price within the app. Check out that break even point. You can reference things like uh, you know, their betting lines in terms of their top 10 betting lines or top 20 betting lines to see if that still presents some value to you in your mind. And if it's still a play, go ahead and fire away. But, um, you know, save some bullets for that last five minutes would be my recommendation. It's always good to to put a couple bids out there and get a couple holdings early on and sort of get the juices flowing. Um, but you don't you, you want to save some in the chamber for that last five minutes of electricity. 
I love it. Uh, we've got a question here from Ryan. Favorite guy in the 3 to $4 range. So it's obviously a bit early, but I am going to scroll down there, Joe. And okay. that range starts with uh, Ricky Fowler, who I have a lot of questions about. Ryan Palmer is in here. Uh, Henrik Norlander, who I know is going to be incredibly popular this week, is in here. Sam Burns played in the final group last week. He's $3. Are any of these names jumping off the screen at you? Yeah, I mean, at three bucks right now, Sam Burns jumps off the screen to me, to be honest. Um, obviously, he's sort of garnered the nickname Bermuda Burns. He's playing good golf. It seems like a good setup for him. Um, lightning fast Bermuda greens this week. It tends to reward, uh, I want to say it tends to reward aggressive players off the tee when you go back to Fowler and Berger. Um, and even Hideki is one of the more aggressive players sort of coming off the tee. Uh, I would like to see him where I think Sam Burns needs to improve sometimes is his decision-making because he can make birdies with anybody, but he seems too many times to follow up that birdie with a bogey on the next hole. And that's really what kind of killed him last week and left him sort of stuck in neutral on Sunday. I would, I'm happy to make the case that Sam Burns has played four really great rounds in 2021 and two really bad ones. I mean, the, the mm-hmm. opening round at the American express where he played himself out of it. And then he bounces back and shoots like a 66 with two Eagles and plays a, a phenomenal. And then every round, but his last. So basically his first round of 2021 was terrible. His last round of 2021 was terrible. Everything else has been pretty good. I don't mind going right back to that. I want to ask you, Rick, sitting at $3 and one cent right now. And I just checked the app right above him is sort of a hot button player that always sort of is great for content. There he is. You've got him. What do we do? Is it, is it time? Is it time? I mean, all right. His pre-rank in this field based on jock market is 88th in a field of 130. That's where we're at with Jordan Spieth right now in the waste management field. He's 88th pre-rank. Um, I just feel like. I want to root for it. <laughs> um, if you've been happy. if you've been buying Jordan Spieth, you've been burning your cash. I mean, you have. Just, I mean, he's literally participated in five cash markets. He has lost you money in every single one. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Joe. I mean, like you can you can get a lot from these press conferences, and I know you're a big press yeah. conference guy. And yeah. Jordan sounds defeated i mean i, I hate I to put it in other way his, but that's disappointing to hear i, I just think you know he's, he's talked a lot about how hard this process has been and how he knows it's been three and a half years and then you look at the stats and you're like he doesn't have anything going for him not the magic putter not the magic short game he's still spraying it off the tee i just like he would have to um have you ever seen vegas vacation you know the oh, yeah. vegas vacation yeah. and they go to um they go to um What's it? What's the what's the big Hoover Dam? Who they go to the yeah. Hoover Dam and he's trying to plug one hole and another hole opens up and he tries yeah. to plug that way. He's using every I mean, it's just Jordan Speeth would have to plug every part of his game, and that makes the the path the uh, uh to success so narrow for him, which really, really concerns me. So that's I know that's kind of where I'm at. I guess where I'm at is Look, he's lost money. I haven't had him in any of those previous markets that he's lost money. Is there is are we at rock bottom where it's a chance for him to redeem a little bit here? I look at some other guys and I just feel like it's a little bit overstated his fall from grace, so to speak. It's bad, right? I'm, there's no way to sort of sparkle it up and and shine it a little bit. 
But there's other guys who are just as bad. I mean, Jason Day's fall from world number one hasn't been pretty. Ricky Fowler's fall hasn't been pretty. Matt Kuchar's fall over the last year has not been pretty. And these are guys who are higher on the odds boards, that are higher in DraftKings, that are higher in the jock market in terms of price. And I just don't feel like Jordan is that far off from Ricky right now. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like they're closer than than the eyes would look when you look at Ricky, who's a guy at 45, 50 to one in Jordan, who DraftKings hung 150 on this week. I completely agree with you. I'm on record for saying that Jordan Spieth has provided so much cover for Jason Day, for when Bubba Watson was falling, for Ricky Fowler, for all these guys. They should be sending him bottles of wine because Jordan Spieth takes <laughs> all the heat and those guys get off the hook for it. It's it's pretty unbelievable. Um, quick update here. Yes. Xander Shoffley has moved ahead of John Romney's $9.78 as we get into the final, call it 15 minutes or so of this IPO phase. John Rom, $9.55, and Justin Thomas, over $9. No surprises there. And then Webb Simpson and Daniel Berger are next. So I'm trying to look at just kind of the, the betting odds. Uh, the biggest name that I expect to come up here is obviously Rory because of mm-hmm. what his outright odds are currently sitting at $7.14. What about a guy like Harris English who had such a great entire 2020, finally breaks through and wins, has been a bit disappointing since, but like outside of the last, I don't know, six rounds that he's played, this guy has been super solid for a very long time. Are we going to get back to that at any, at any point? You know, I'm I'm full fade on Harris English this week on all platforms. I just I after he got that win, he just has not been playing well. I feel like he's a little bit overvalued at the moment in terms of the lines that you see on him. I actually faded him in two matchups this week, um, both of which you know under Hideki's an underdog against him. Ryan Palmer's an underdog against him, and those two guys I just feel like are better set up uh, for this particular course. Look, Palmer's a guy who's been playing awesome. Look, I, I wrote, jotted down some things here. The last five, if you click on Palmer, last five events he's played, and he's averaging 124% ROI over those mm-hmm. last five. You look at a guy like Palmer, and oftentimes he correlates his success with John Rahm, right? So when Rahm yes. plays well, it seems like Palmer plays well. This is obviously a Rahm track, um, but he's had a couple monster paydays there of 150 plus percent. Look at that. Three of his last four, he's paying 150 plus percent off on. So I have a higher target on guys who I feel like the course sets up better for uh, and are coming in a little hotter at the very moment than Harris English. Okay. I like that. I think it's very well thought out and I think it's, I think it's fair. Uh, Donnie baseball. Um, I don't know if Donnie baseball is getting in on Will McGirt this week. I actually don't even know if Will McGirt is <laughs> lit- literally in this field. I have no he's idea. In it. He's in oh, it. Is he? Okay. He's in this field. Uh, asked about Zalatoris. And I think he asked a really valid question. And, and it's basically this is Zalatoris overpriced for being so new. He says, I like him, but he's already so expensive. Do we know that much about him to get this much attention across jock and betting markets? And and I think it's a really good point. And as I, I'll probably have to refresh this, but currently looking at $7.20 for Will Zalatoris. And, and, and Joe, for me, this is very much a, a sample size issue where, you know, I think he has 14 measured rounds on the PGA Tour uh, mm-hmm. since the start of the season. And it, that is a, a tiny amount. It's a nothing burger. But if he does even 75% of that moving forward, and that's the player that he is, 
he's going to be unbelievable. I, I mean, he he passes the eye test. He passes the stat test. The one thing that everybody's going to talk about is that, like, I don't know if it's a three wood or a five wood that he hit into into eighteen uh, on Sunday to make Eagle. I mean, he's he's he really is the real deal in my opinion. I don't know if you have a hot take on him. Well, I look, he's the real deal. He's a great player, but I do feel like Donnie is right here. He's overvalued right now. He's the popular, um, you know, pick of the week for everybody. Look, I, if I'm, I'm just going, and I don't want to say fade him because I still think he's going to play well, but there's guys priced under him. He's already cleared the target price at $7 and 20 cents that I had for him this week. Um, and there's guys under it. Look at a guy. There's a guy right now, $2 cheaper in Scotty Scheffler. So before Will Zalatoris, Scotty Scheffler was Will Zalatoris, a guy who ripped through the Corn Ferry Tour, a guy who came on and played hard golf course as well, a guy who showed up to the PGA Championship in the U.S. Open. Well, he he had COVID, so he missed the U.S. Open. Um, But he came into these big-time tournaments and big-time events and played well. He's disappointed a couple weeks, but I think he's pretty close, I would say, in talent level to Zalatoris right now. I would say he's just as likely to pop in top five for you as Will Z. Uh, and he's five bucks versus Will Z's 720. Uh, this is such a great question. I want to hear who who Rick thinks he's already better than. No, he's not better than Hovland. He's not better than Hovland yet. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would say, so Scotty Scheffler's the 34th ranked player in the world. That's pretty close. I would say he's better than... Cam Smith. I don't know if that's a good argument or not, but like, yeah, somewhere in there, 35th ranked player in the world. That's kind of where I'm at on Will's Alatouris. Um, checking in, John Rom has broken through the $10 mark. Here so we've is. got John Rom at $10 and five cents. We've got Xander Shoffley just one little penny away from the same mark. Uh, Webb Simpson has now moved across $9. Do you want to go to the bottom of this? Let's just go to the absolute yeah, bottom. Yeah, let's see who's down there. Let's, let's go. Just see, let's work our way up from the bottom here. So we've got I can't imagine you want to play any of these guys. Michael Kim, Bo Van Pelt, Kevin Stadler. No. Okay, I'm just going to move to the next page then because there's only a couple of guys there. Okay, uh, TPJ is here. So he went for Here's a dollar. Yeah, I think he went for 120 last week. He's already higher than that, 133. Uh, here is Will McGirt, one, 158. I'm trying to see the, the first guy that would really catch my eye here. A couple youngsters in John Augenstein. I think this is mm-hmm. now his second professional start. And Davis Riley, who we saw play at the U.S. Open. Um, those are a couple of young, highly touted college kids who who we don't know what their upside is. But sometimes sometimes the unknown is good, Joe. Is there anybody else on this, on this page I'm showing that might be interesting? Yeah, it's a little bit hard for me to see. But when I'm looking at my phone, you know, Brendan Todd sure. sort of sticks out to me. He's sitting right there above two bucks right now, a share. Um, a little bit forgotten about. You know, this isn't a course that lends itself, I don't feel like, as much to bombers. It's a great place for a guy who gets hot and makes birdies and bunches. He's been a pretty uh, statistically solid golfer. And one guy I'll be interested on his price is the guy who actually um, fist-pumped his way on Monday into this Mm -hmm. event, and it's Hardy, man. Um, When he played the Sony, I don't know if you could click him, but he had to pay out huge there when he, I think he finished like 16th or something when he got into that field at the Sony. Um, so that had to be a monster payday for him. Obviously we've seen guys, you know, have success when they're able to Monday qualify. Look at it. 500, 540% ROI. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, he's a little bit higher right now than Riley and Augustine and some of the other notable names, but we'll be interested to see where that closes and, and he's coming in hot and he's confident. To put this into perspective, a, a $2 IPO would mean you would need to finish 
basically make the cut. 60, yeah, yeah 60, 65th or better. Now, obviously, I don't know if uh, Nick Hardy is going to finish at $2. Probably not. But there were a couple of other interesting names down there. I want to go back to that. Yeah, sure. Um, hold on. There was a name that I saw. I think it was on this page. Harold Varner III. That was the name. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he's not getting more love. Right. I'm surprised by that as well because he's a very public, popular golfer. Yeah. Uh, and he has all of the right attributes. Being able to hit the irons, get hot with those clubs, roll some putts in. It hasn't been a good stretch for him. But I, I just I just wonder if this is, if this is going to be when we get the breakout. Like We know there's a top 10 coming. I just don't know when. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. He top 10 sort of out of nowhere. So this could be a good spot for him. And he's in uh, yet to clear two bucks is a, is seems like a great price on him. I'd be interested in it if it stays at that. Joel Damon was really far down there as well. I know he's a guy who, who yeah, lives out there in Arizona and is like, you look at the OWGR and he's still, you know, flirting around that top 40 mark. Um, he's a good player and he plays consistently well. And if he can make a cut, not great form coming into this, but those are the type of guys, Varner, Damon, these are guys that are a little bit forgotten about this week. That's the type of asset you want to pick up in this sort of a format. So we are about uh, 10 minutes or probably less before this IPO closes. So for the next 10 minutes or so, um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about strategy. We'll let we'll, we'll, or Joe's strategy, I should say, and then we'll let him get to his his bid so that he can not only be uh, second on the leaderboard this week, so he can be first on the leaderboard this week. <laughs> I'm taking down WW. If you're here, I'm coming for you, buddy. WWF, we're coming for you. Also, um, and then and then what we'll do is after IPO closes, we'll talk a lot about some in-game strategy. But Joe, uh, you can give us some names and you can get outbid on those names. But like, what types of golfers are we looking for? At least give us your, your general short list for what you're going to be making a move on. Okay, so I like Palmer. You, you know, I've got some interest in Brooks this week. Uh, yeah, I've got reasons to believe that he could turn it around. I've always got interest in Sung Jay. The two guys at the top uh, that I'd be targeting are JT and Xander. They seem to be consistently uh, returning the best value. Uh, JT's averaging fifty five percent. Xander's averaging seventy nine percent. So they're returning consistently. Like they seem to be very safe plays. Down the way a little bit, I've got some interest in Russell Knox. Um, the, the desert fox himself, Marty Laird, always loves it out there in Scottsdale. Um, there's also another guy. I haven't checked his price right now, but I had written down here, and it's Kyle Stanley um, coming in in some decent form. Great iron player. Obviously has that win here. Um, in the last two weeks, I wrote down off the retool there, 180% ROI, 130% ROI. So he's yeah. returning big value, coming rolling right into an event that he likes and he's comfortable at and has some confidence in. Uh, so I think I'm going to try here over the next five, six, seven minutes here to make my hay in sort of the mid-tier range and maybe grab one or two guys up top. Um, Kyle Stanley was a guy in the chat. I think TJ might have said it like, don't talk about Kyle Stanley. Well, sorry about that. Here we are. I saw him at $3.38. I might be a, uh, a minute or two behind. Is there Okay, so mm -hmm. now that we have your some of your targets, are there any of these guys, especially by the – you know, the more expensive guys that you're just like, you know what, you you can have it. I'm not going to make a play on any of these guys. Okay, so Zalatoris and Homo are one, two that are way too expensive for me. I think Russell Henley's cleared the target price that I had on him. Harris English may play well this week, but I've got no real interest in him. 
Um, and then I just feel like Ricky's overpriced too. He's sitting at 475 right now, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I know his popularity. I know some of you guys are out there waiting for that final minute to get your Ricky shares in because you want to root for him, which I understand. Um, but I just feel like he it inflates his value a little bit beyond the point where I'm willing to target him. Ricky is, um, what's that saying? An immovable object meets a unstoppable force. It's like you've got the course, you've got the course history, but which is awesome, and you have the terrible form, which is uh, it's just like which one's going to break through? Kind of like Xander last week, and and Xander said uh, form. That's what breaks through. So what do we pretty- do with Matt Wolf, Rick? You got any inside scoop on what's going on with Matt Wolf for me? This is not an inside. This is not an inside scoop. But if you if you made me say it, I, I would be fine going back to him this week. You know, I, I they citing a hand injury when you're going to withdraw after you're out of the golf tournament is like not that big of a deal. When the uh, weather's coming in, <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm thinking that hand's feeling pretty good. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I, I I think that he's he's going to be a bit toxic though, uh, which at four, I'm, I'm currently seeing him at four dollars and twenty six cents. He might be a little bit higher than that, but like I'm probably I'm not running and sprinting to to go get as many shares as possible or to bet him, or put him in my one and done or anything like that. But I think I'm much more optimistic than him about him than most people. Okay, okay, cool. All right, here we go. So Joe, we are um, probably just a few minutes away from this IPO phase closing. So we're going to let you do your thing. So Joe, now what, like we did last week is we kind of let Joe go into his own little world and <laughs> we see how many shares he can get of golfers that he likes. And we'll talk about those in just a few minutes. He's going to let me know when IPO has officially closed. And I'm going to walk you through the final few minutes here as these prices really do start to heat up as we get rocking and rolling. And as, uh, as IPO closes. So it usually closed. I think last week it closed about 858. So you're going to want to get those bids in. And in my latest refresh, I quickly see John Rahm has not only snapped through 10, not only snapped through 11, he has snapped through 12. He's currently sitting at $12.51. So if you are looking to take John Rahm, you are essentially asking him to finish seventh or better. Seventh would pay out $13. Ninth, would pay out $11.50. We are already over that. Eighth would pay out $12. We are already over that. So we need seventh or better to pay off that price. That is if you are paying for John Rom right now. And that might be, we might've just broke a record. Give me one second here. Yeah, That might be the highest IPO price. Okay, Webb Simpson at the Sony was the most expensive IPO price we've ever had. So John Rom has just broken the jock market cash market record for IPO price. So this is the most expensive share we've ever seen. Think about that. Uh, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, and Justin Thomas are all through the $10 mark with Daniel Berger and Rory McIlroy coming behind. If you were keeping track of Max Homa, has not moved since we came on the air. So $7.01, probably not going to move. Rory McIlroy, still hanging out here at $8.90 coming off of that T16 finish. If you are trying to bid on Rory and you want to go $9 on Rory, for example, you are asking him to finish 14th or better. That is something he has done twice in his last five cash markets. That's what you're asking Rory McIlroy to do at a $9 price point. Justin Thomas currently at $10 and I'll give this a hard refresh in one more second because I know these are probably changing furiously would need to finish 12th or better. So that is what you are asking Justin Thomas to do. I'm going to create a hard refresh. I'm glad we got a little bit of a little bit of records on the show with John Rom becoming the most expensive golfer we've ever seen. 
and he's still there. Twelve. Okay, so twelve dollars and fifty-one cents for John Rom. Webb Simpson has now increased by at least a dollar. He's at eleven dollars and fifty-three cents. Roy McIlroy trying to get to the ten-dollar mark. Will Zalatoris is trying to get to the nine-dollar mark. There is still plenty of value down here. This is where I think a lot of the value lies. A Bubba Watson at $6.50. What you're asking him to do is essentially finish inside the top 25. Uh, Ryan Palmer at $6.12. What you're asking him to do is finish inside the top 27. That is something he has done in five of his six cash markets. So he's been a lock to finish inside the top 27. That is the price he is currently sitting at at $6.12. We are probably a minute or two away from this IPO closing. So if you are not getting your bids in now, you might not be getting them in because we are moments away from shutting this down. I'm going to give it one more hard refresh here. Joe's going to let me know when this actually does close. But as of right now, we are still very live. We are very live. And we have got a lot of guys over $10 now. So Rory finally snapped through the $10 mark. I'm still seeing Xander at $10.25. He's the fourth most expensive golfer on the slate. And then there is a bit of a gap from Rory at 10 down to Hideki at 884. So that price on Hideki, you're asking him to finish inside the top 14, something that he has made uh, easy work of at this event in the past. After talking about Harold Varner the third, he did jump up. He's now four dollars and two cents, which is still okay, not we're, asking. Are we closed? We're closed, buddy. Ooh. Wow. All right. Let me throw up the IPO closed banner here. All right. I've got, I'm showing six guys this week that closed over in double digits, over $10 a share, which is pretty wild. That might be the most ever. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it a second to refresh here. I'm going to get all of our, our data up, but, um, that was, uh, I, I always, I always have a hunch that that IPO is closed because everybody dropped something in the chat and, <laughs> and they said, hey, Chad, Chad, your buddy, Chad says, uh, you look a little stressed there. How, how was that last couple of minutes for you? <laughs> It was fun, man. I'm sorry if it looks stressed. I don't know how I look on screen when I'm like furiously looking down at my phone, but uh, not too stressed. I think I got some guys. I think I missed a couple. We'll wait and see how these all kind of shake out here in the next minute because last week I thought I had a bunch and then it changed. So once they shift over to my holdings, we will go over my portfolio this week. All right. So before we do that, here are here's what I have as the final uh, the final pricing. So you are right. Six golfers over $10 a share led by the most expensive IPO price we've ever seen on John Rahm. Then Webb Simpson at $11.75, Justin Thomas at $11.50, Xander at $10.25, which feels good. We might have to talk about that in a second. Berger at $10.01 and Rory at $10. How do you feel about these top six? I believe they're well-deserving. Would you have had them in a different order? Okay, so I'm kind of surprised that Webb is second. I thought that Xander sort of belonged there. And, you know, still, I know Rory doesn't have the course history here. Um, There's a little bit of a knock on him finishing on Sundays lately. But come on, guys, you can't beat pricing Daniel Berger over Rory McIlroy, right? (laughs) I'm just going back. So last week we had two golfers who finished over $10. Uh, the week before that, which is why I love this tool that we can do this, we had one golfer. Uh, the week before the American Express was what? Sony. We had two. And the week before that was Century Tournament of Champions. Okay, we had four, but that's obviously a much more compact field of only 42 golfers. So this is essentially a full field event that got six golfers, six golfers over $10. I think that's another jock market record. We are shattering things 
this evening, Joe. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great to see the amount of volume and people that are joining the party. So we're happy to have you. All right. Let us know in the chat uh, your favorite golfer that you got, your least favorite golfer that you got. Scott Stewart says that was wild. I agree. That was wild. It's it's weird being on this side of it, uh, but all good. So let's let's quickly kind of recap this here, Joe, and, and maybe right. some of the best values that we have. I mean, your boy Brooks Kepka, seven dollars. You got him. Okay. So so seven dollars and thirty cents. So essentially you're asking uh Brooks Kepka to finish 20th or better. You think he's got that in essentially. Him. Um, yeah, I like his chances. He's the only guy I have, and I've got six guys. Um, he's the only one that I reached a little bit beyond my target price for because he's Brooks and I'm a Brooks guy. But listen, I think things are closer than they may appear. He had the sort of the lefts last week, but I watched very closely his round on Thursday when he played with Rory. He had things clicking very much so on the front nine. Colt Nost, I think, was following that group and said he was with Brooks earlier in the week and he was striping the ball. It was hitting it as good as he's seen it. I think he's close. I just think things need to happen for him. And I think that, more importantly, his sense of urgency in these, call them, tier two events that aren't major championships is elevated at this point versus where we were a year ago, where it was basically focused on, look, I don't care about the regular season. I'm here. I know we're going to get in the playoffs. We're going to be in the division championship game. We're going to be in the Super Bowl. Now he's got to get something going, man. It's every, every game matters. And this thing's, I, I feel like this is a good spot for him to ramp up in a place where he's coming back to that. He's got some fond memories of. I do want to hear who else you got, but uh, okay. you do have some defense in the chat. You were not stressed. You were just in the zone, Joe. And I think we've got uh, Mrs. There Ashley. She is. Yeah, there she is in the <laughs> chat. My, my my wife was in our earlier live chat because we were having issues. So now we've got both wives uh, making a, a, an appearance. All right. So yep. we know you got Brooks. What else you got, Joe? All right, so I got Ryan Palmer. I, ta- I talked about him. I love it. He's had some monster returns. Anytime I correlate, Rom plays well. Seems like Palmer plays well. There's memorial comps. I got a lot of shares at Ryan Palmer that I thought was a good price. Um, Jason Day. So I wasn't planning on taking Jason Day, but I had a target on him of $5.40. I ended up getting him here for four fifty a share. So he went pretty far down the list. Worried about that one a little bit because there so many things can happen. He's volatile. He could miss the cut. He could um, withdraw. Obviously, we know he's got a propensity to do that. But I feel like there's a good upside there and there's potential to boom. The other three guys, I took Fratelli. Um, I always like Fratelli and I got a good price, $3.68 a share. Here's a guy that I almost intentionally didn't talk about. Rory, oh. the other Rory, Rory Sabatini. Uh, has been making people money. Um, He's been plus money four of the last five, three of those last four. He's been over 200% ROI. So um, he's been turning a profit for people. Great form. He's got boom potential for me at his price. And the last guy is a former um, champion in the desert, out at the Desert Classic. It's Adam Long. Had a good season. Got him at a good price, um, under four bucks there. So... I think it could be a good spot for him to potentially top 30 this week and return some money. So what, by my count, what was that? Five golfers that you ended up with? Is that, is that right? Six golfers. With, yeah. Okay. So six golfers compared to that to last week, I think you had six to eight, right? Kind of. Yeah, that's that's I, kind of your sweet spot. I had seven. Yeah. So that seems to be where, where things are falling. Yeah. 
Okay. So here's what I want to do for the next couple of minutes. Uh, you know, now IPO is closed. So we are now, we, we are in live trading, right? And, and, yeah. and obviously as this golf tournament begins, you're going to see what these golfers do and you can decide if you want to sell. You want to buy some shares of some other golfers. You want to just sit and hold. Um, so I want to talk a bit more about that because there's a couple of scenarios that tend to happen every week, like a star maybe starts a little bit slow. And I'll give you two anecdotes, Joe. Uh, you know, and I would have Love been burned it. on both of these. I had Rory at the Masters. I had a lot of Rory at the Masters. That's when we had the pizza bed. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. That is why. I I bought you pizza. Exactly right. It's because I sold Rory after round one of the Masters, and he did what studs tend to do, which is just grind it out Friday, grind it out Saturday, grind it out Sunday. You look up, the guy's got himself a top 10. Xander Shoffley did the same thing last week. Started real slow on the north course, I believe he opened on. He was like two under, which was worse than the field average. Grind on Friday, grind on Saturday, grind on Sunday. He ends up T2. So... I, I, should I, I should, this is obviously not be like always hold on to studs if they start slow, but they, they seem to be opportunities to panic sell when I don't think you should necessarily be panic selling. Yeah. I don't think you panic sell on a stud player. Like you just said, they can always turn it around. And, and I watched JT's press conference uh, earlier this week and he was basically saying how, you know, you're going to have one round where you really go low here and your other rounds, you've pretty much just got to shoot 67, 68 uh, and hang around and wait for that really low one. But I think he's wrong in that. And here's why. Last year, you look at Webb Simpson. After Thursday, Webb shot a 71. He was even par. Um, and he came all the way back. This tournament lends itself to chasers, particularly that final four holes. You can go yeah. birdie. You can go eagle, birdie, birdie, par or something. Go four under over the final four. We've seen it happen before, so I would not panic sell if you have one of the studs this week. Um, but it's also an opportunity where if you see one of your guys who has a solid pre-rank come out and play really well that first day, but some things, maybe he putted really well, and you've got great stats to show this live in tournament where you can see uh, strokes game putting and things like that. You know, sort of uh, stats that are, are not so much predictive, um, but are just kind of reactive to what just happened. It's hard to gain four strokes putting every day. So it could be an opportunity to sell because we know this tournament tends to shake itself up on Saturday and Sunday and, and people shift through the leaderboard pretty quickly out here. Yeah, I would say um, uh, that th you're absolutely right about the final stretch of holes here. So 15 is a par five, 16 is that par three, 17 is the drivable par four, and 18 is a great hole in general. But I mean, they're, they're can, you can get on some runs, right? Yeah. And it, it's, it really does lend itself to maybe a buy low opportunity on Sunday morning, whether mm -hmm. you get somebody who's kind of, you know, 25, 28, 30, somewhere in there, go post a number, take advantage of that and see if you can improve your stock price. Totally. And pay attention to those ask prices. So you can, you know, if you stay up to date on your leaderboard and check the app throughout the day as you're gearing up and making appetizers for the Super Bowl, uh -huh. uh, and you see a guy who has a nice price on him and maybe makes a birdie and someone left a, a, a shorter ask price hanging, go ahead and scoop those shares up because that happens all the time. I love, I love kind of finding those scenarios where you can get someone uh, before they were able to take it down. <laughs> I am so happy you brought that up. So the way this works is as, and, and I've been guilty of this too, as I see totally. somebody struggling, 
you put you put out an ask, and I'm like, you know what? If you want to come buy this, come take this guy away from me. Starts making a couple birdies. Things start going right. I forget that that I have that out there. Someone snatches up shares for him for me. So uh, that is definitely part of the strategy. Go to check on those asks. Uh, I mean, every day, every morning, because there are definitely people out there. Joe are hanging numbers that shouldn't be out there. And things move quickly at this tournament, like we've talked about already. There. They can go, you can go up or down very quickly. There's a ton of water and there's water in bad spots, but there's also plenty of birdie and in, in really plenty of eagle opportunities. All the par fives are eagleable. You mentioned 17 is a drivable par four that pretty much everyone in the field can land it on the front of that green and have a putt at it for eagle. Um, so there are opportunities to shift rapidly at this event. So pay attention to that live board. Uh, and make sure if, if you see an opportunity, capitalize quickly because it'll go. Uh, there is a question here real quick from CFL. Yeah. What is this exactly? This is stock market DFS. This is you can buy shares of athletes. In this case, golfers is what we're talking about. Uh, we just finished out IPO and we are now in live trading for the next four days. It's a lot of fun. Go back, watch the rest of the video. Go check out everything else that we have about this. Uh, and then I guess the inverse of the question that I presented to you earlier, Joe, is you know, the, the, I, the, the question I presented was studs who start slow. What about these scrubbier guys, these $2 and 50 cents share guys who fly up the leaderboard on a Thursday, you're going to have somebody who's a first round leader who shouldn't be there. What am I doing in that situation? Yeah, well, you know, I think it really kind of depends on their pre-rank because Jack Market does a pretty good go- job of shifting guys up and down the leaderboard. So for instance, like I had Alex Noren last week. So he ended up paying pretty well. But after that first round, Alex Noren was leading the golf tournament, but he wasn't first on the leaderboard at that time. You know what I right. mean? They, they kind of understand that, look, it's very unlikely that he's going to go Thursday to Sunday and finish first. So a lot of it does depend on that pre-rank. So guys who are pre-ranked higher, if you have someone down there at a good price, will tend to have a higher price as the week goes on, which really sets the bar for your asking price. So you will see a live um, essentially price that jock market's going to put out on your guy. You can sell them for whatever you want, of course. Um, but make sure, you know, if you look, um, for me, I can see people wanting to do that. If I've got a, a low price guy at two to $3 a share and he's up there, I'm willing to kind of look, it's gambling, right? Where I'm willing to roll the dice with him a little bit and ride that out and hope that he can sort of, um, be steady over the next couple of days and finish inside the top 15. There is, um, I'm trying to think because this is going to be the first time in two weeks that we've used just one course. So we are going to get the more traditional AM wave, PM wave on Thursday and Friday. And we are going to get, I actually don't know how they're going to do it on Saturday and uh, Sunday specifically because they want to get this thing done before the Super Bowl, right? And they want to get off, off the air. So I can't remember if they go out on split tees or three balls or anything like that. But my, my point being when you get guys that start early on Saturday, start early on Sunday, or even I'm thinking of golfers who are like the studs who play Friday afternoon, where there's already been a lot of golf that has been played, but you have a stud lurking who has not even played his second round yet. Those are the opportunities that I think that like, okay, you know, a number's already been posted for the 36 hole lead. You've got some of these guys hanging here, these studs that are only 18 holes in those I feel like are great buying opportunities. Totally. And if you see a price 
I would even take that one step further. If you see a price that is um, appealing to you on a player, you can kind of wait as he plays that tournament because there are definitive stretches here that are birdie stretches, right? And you you know the holes that are hard, and if he's got 14 or something coming up and it's playing over par for the week, maybe wait, and then you know you've got 15, 16, 17, 18 coming up where he can make hay. So, you know, really kind of plan accordingly on your timing of all this, uh, and if you time things out right, it will give you an even better opportunity to turn a profit. Uh, for sure. And I also think you're going to see a lot of movement. So this is, this is not really a birdie fest. I mean, mid teens under par is probably going to win this thing. 17 under got you into a playoff, but that was three shots clear of everybody else. So there is going to be a lot of shuffling, you know, sometimes like we saw at the American express, you shoot six under you've made up like two spots on the field like it's just it's so hard it's so hard but this week i think you're going to see with a a much more compact tight leaderboard i mean i'm just looking at last year's and from so get rid of the guys in the playoff so that was webb and finau at 17 under so 14 under was the next spot 14 four shots back is like 25 guys i I mean it's just it's just jam-packed the pre the pre uh, tournament rankings matter and then paying a close eye on what I think you're absolutely right, Joe stretches of holes. And then guys that uh, start, you know, start making a birdie here, get that first one under par, break the seal early in the round. That's all good stuff, my friend. Yeah. So like we said, it's not so much um, the score under par. It's one of the better tournaments. I love these scores that are mid teens under par. Um, and there are birdie holes, but like we touched on, there's a ton of trouble lurking on almost there's spots that you can't miss it. Um, even on 17, we've seen guys that seems like a fairly benign drivable par four, but we've seen Brendan Grace bogey it. And we've seen these things happen and we've seen guys go in the water and we've seen guys screw up 15. And we even saw it last year where it seemed like Tony Finau three mm-hmm. holes to go was a shoe in to win. All of a sudden, Webb birdies, Tony bogeys, and things are right back in play, and he's got a shot. I mean, even he said in his presser, um, he didn't have the attitude that he was out of it, but he said, you know, he kind of felt um, when he went in the water there on 15 that he blew his shot, and he just said, let me try to make a couple birdies coming home. Next thing he knew, he's in a playoff before he even knew what happened. Hold a 20-footer and is hoisting a trophy an hour later. I absolutely love it. I had that take. So real quick anecdote. So um, it was like five years ago when Hideki beat Ricky in a playoff and mm-hmm. Ricky was like, you know, two shot lead with two to go and I'm holding a Ricky ticket and I'm like, yeah, baby, let's go. Finally going to cash this ticket in. Hideki sniped me on that one. I had the web ticket last year down, you know, two shots down with two to go. So I feel like I've been, I've been reconciled. I am uh, even Steven at, at the waste management. I've, I've been uh, com- com- made whole, so to speak. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's the way this thing works, man. You're going to get good breaks and bad breaks, but uh, you just hope they level out. All right. Here's the thing. Um, this was a record breaking night. So congratulations to everybody involved. Uh, John Rahm broke the record for the most expensive golfer in IPO ever. Uh, $12.51 was one cent more expensive than Webb Simpson at the Sony Open. So congratulations. We made history tonight. We also had six golfers finish over $10, which as far as I can tell has never happened before. So congratulations. We made history again tonight. Um, if you have not downloaded jock market yet, you're absolutely crazy. You should do that. And you should use the power 50 promo code. 
which gets you a $50 deposit bonus. 50, not 15, five zero. It is the biggest bonus we've ever offered, and it's good for this week only. So get involved. And oh, by the way, we've just spent the last hour, Joe, talking about golf, talking about jock market on golf. There's a pretty big jock market contest for a football game on Sunday that I think these people might want to be involved in. Yeah, absolutely. They're giving out. I I don't know exactly what they are, but I know they have as big of prizes as they've ever given out for a contest. Football is a ton of fun too. I really enjoy it. Um, obviously, things work the same way. If you haven't tried it yet, it's it's pick your price, pick your players, and and watch the shares in real time as your guys go up the leaderboard. So it should be an awesome Sunday. I look forward to it. Thank you guys all for tuning in to us for another hour this week. Uh, very exciting stuff. There you go. That's Joe Idoni. Follow him on Twitter at Tour Picks. I'm Rick Gaiman. You can follow me at Rick Rungood. Follow Jock Market. Obviously, play. Let us know if you have any questions. Let us know if you have any problems. Good luck. Have a super week. We'll catch you next time. Peace.